Nice and easy, dude. Cool. I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. So, um, so Scott, you're on here now. And the reason why I wanted you on here was, um, if I didn't already explain it before, is I, you know how, like, I've talked to you in the past about your experience as a playwright and getting your shows together. And I know I've already asked you a bunch of those questions. And some of them I've been thinking about lately because I'm working on my own play. And I... Uh, and I've been meaning to have one of these conversations with you where I can like go back and be like, what were those details you told me like a year ago when I, <laughs> and just to fill in anyone listening, um, the play I've seen of yours was Abnormal, which you did off Broadway at Theater Row, right? Yep. And, and then, but you've also written some other stuff, right? You did, you did something in a regional theater or what, what else yeah. have you written? So actually I did, it was a historical drama that I did in Missouri, mm. which was which was really cool. I mean, I got a, it was a friend of mine who worked at the theater company out there. They actually had come to see Abnormal in New York in 2020, just before everything. And they were like, you know, hey, we want to do this historical piece about the small town. Yeah. Would you be interested in like writing on like one of the founders of the town? And I was like, sure. I mean, I had literally had no idea. And I was like, I'd never done anything like historical, like it was so accurate before, but it was actually really cool. Like I got to like, I, they flew me out there and I went to like their, like their hall of records and like their library, got all this information like on who these people were, then just kind of wrote, wrote a piece on them. And it was, it was actually really cool. So is, is that gonna, um, is that the type of piece since it's historical and it's specific to that area? Or is there intention to produce it like multiple times in the future going forward so kind of cool like they are planning to do it like a bunch of times going forward but they only plan on doing it like there for their what it was for the bicentennial for mm. missouri for the state of missouri and then they're going to basically do it like every year kind of at like um how do i say like kind of like a summer fair like the you know yearly oh or kind of like it's around like fourth of july they do like this like big celebration out there so they're gonna do it every year around that time and perform it then which so that's kind of cool that's cool that you have something that will be like regularly out there yeah with your the, name on it yeah <laughs> the other cool thing too which i they haven't done it yet and they've i've still getting emails about it but they're gonna like publish it and then it's gonna be like in the library like in missouri which i was like that's kind of cool like yeah that's very cool you know published writer but absolutely yeah i and then and then this third play that you're working on about the um what the retirement community oh. and the pool and um, Piedmont, Point. Piedmont Point. And that's in the, I guess, what, quote unquote, development process right now or yes. the funding process or how would yeah. you describe where it's I would, at? I would definitely say development right now for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so still like, still banging out some corners on that, but I've been working on, I started writing that kind of in the heart of COVID and everything. I was just kind of needing an out like a, outlet for things i got this idea to do the show about like a younger generation and older generation kind of coming together and uh in this like retirement community in florida so that's what kind of started writing that then but well, and so with that in mind um i remember how so yeah abnormal off broadway 2020 uh before pan the pandemic um and i remember the chatter was like oh well Cause that was just a, a weekend run. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. then there was like the chatter of like, okay, what's next? Are we going to do a longer run somewhere or whatever? So uh, when it comes to that and now your new play, do, is there, um, are you, do you split your focus on both or is it one, the focus is on one right now or what, yeah. what's the game plan? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, game plan right now is kind of focusing on Piedmont Point. Um, still not done with Abnormal. It's still like a life that I want for that show. Um, but I do kind of want to put all, I just think right now for me, Piedmont Point is a little more this time. It's more timely uh, for mm. kind of out in the world. And I know for me, I just think it, my other show Abnormal was a little heavier. You know, you saw it was a little, little darker. Mm -hmm. And I think I kind of want to focus on like something a little lighter and brighter right now. Um, so definitely going to kind of lean more into that one and kind of the team that I had assembled with my last show. I'm trying to, you know, we're 
pull them together and, you know, new people that we're bringing to work on the project too, but getting that kind of together and getting it developed. But yeah, just, I did a reading in, okay, when the, it was like end of May, June here in New York yeah. and went really well. I was very happy. I mean, knew going in that I was going to, you know, sit there and hate some things. And there were also, you know, the <laughs> surprise things, you know, the lines that came out that I was like, great, that works. And I didn't think that was going to work. So check, check, check. That's good to go. Um, yeah, definitely still heavily, you know, sitting with my note cards and rearranging things. And maybe this goes better over here and trying to kind of flush out the full arc of the story. Yeah. I, the, the, the thing I was really curious about now that you're doing, um, well, like you've already done your second play, but mm -hmm. this is like your second one that you're kind of taking on your own. Like, cause the other one was commissioned, I guess you could say, and that's going to, that's going to live in a specific area. Totally. It's yeah. specifically for that theater or that um, region. Um, so I'm curious, both in terms of writing and mm -hmm. like the producing side, even though I know you work with producers, I mean, obviously you're still involved in making things happen. What, what kind of stuff did you learn like after doing abnormal, because mm -hmm. I know abnormal had many steps and that that road to off Broadway was like a, all the way from like college, basically. Right. Yeah. It was like a very yeah. long, like very long, drawn out process. And it's like I'm curious, both in terms of writing and in terms of just getting something off the ground. What did you learn the first time? And then now as, as you're going through with Piedmont Point, like yeah. what what helped you with the writing? And then what also helped you get the ball rolling a lot faster with the producing side? Um, wow, these are great questions, John. Um, well, I want to I, I, I learn it. I yeah. want to know it. <laughs> I want to know, can you show me? Um, Tell me your secrets. <laughs> um, well, I think as far as, I mean, one of the biggest, I mean, the biggest thing I learned like right off the top from doing Abnormal was delegating. And I am not a good delegator. So like, and I was, especially like it was like my, you know, like we were saying, like from I started in college and it was kind of just like it was like my child and I was, you know, very attached to certain things. And that was one of the first things, like even throughout the process, I'm like, I just got to let go. Like, you know, even like a little bit of a scene that I was like, oh, it was like my favorite part. I love this as the writer. Mm -hmm. Chuck that if it didn't work, like and because it kind of got almost tiring to like, oh, well, not fight for it, but you know what I mean? Like if it wasn't working, like why was I trying to push to keep it? You know what I mean? Like that's it. You just kind of learned like, it's better just to like, kind of go with what works in that sense and not be too close to the subject uh, matter. Um, so that was definitely one thing, but the big thing was delegating and, you know, trusting in the team and just, you know, it was like, I didn't need to be doing, I didn't need to have my hands in every little aspect of it where I kind of thought I had to as like, you know, like the writer and like actor in a show was, you know, delegate what I can. Cause there are so many other things that I could have been focusing way more on like actor wise. Like that's like the one big thing I always took away was like, I could have given like three other things to a stage manager that, you know, I was like trying to help out with and do. Cause I was like, yeah. Oh, it's my show. Like I, I got it. Don't worry. Like I'll do it. And like, no, it's be way easier to delegate that way. Um, but no, definitely learned from that. Like the whole process abnormal and everything. Like the, the biggest key was doing the performances and like obviously there were there were probably a couple of readings we could have not done you know that i was like you know developing the script and it was like hey let's do this reading and we invited people or we just yeah. took a private table read that stuff i think can be a little more condensed and i definitely learned that with you know, going even forward with piedmont point here that aspect for me can be condensed down a little bit um and i think the biggest the biggest benefit to doing abnormal was just getting it in front of an audience and yeah even there was like the uh, very, so we did Abnormal at um, All Chemical Studios, but prior to that, we did kind of like a, a uh, heightened stage reading, I guess we'll call it, you know, with, you know we, yeah. uh, what, what do I want to say? Yeah, with like, you know, the music stands, there was some movement and like some blocking, but just getting that show, like that version of the show in front of people, that's where I really started to bring like producers in and like getting people in the room, they were seeing what the show was other than, you know, oh, that's Scott wrote this play called Abnormal. Like there's a script, like, you know, actually getting it in front of people. And that's like when like the conversation started happening and like, hey, what's next? Like see some really good potential here. Like there's all, you know, we see this, you know, up in front of us on stage, like 
when are you doing a show? And like, that was kind of like the real like impetus. So like, I would say definitely like going forward with even Piedmont Point for myself, like I can't wait to get to like that stage reading where it's like, hey, invited audience come in. I got some people here that I really want to see the show and like get that in front of a crowd and then get that response. Cause that's yeah. I think where some like big forward momentum happens in that sense. That makes a lot of sense. And um, so just to reemphasize a point that you casually said in case people listening didn't catch it, that you were also acting in the shows too. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're, you're an actor writer. Um, <laughs> actor, actor writer. Act, yeah, yeah. Writer, you, know, all yeah. That. you didn't just write it. You're also in it, um, which I'm sure that would be really interesting. Um, Cause I look at things as like a writer, like I, I, I don't know if you want to act in all the shows you ever write, but I, I want to direct all the shows I ever write. Like that's, I know that doesn't always work out that way, but that's what I want to do. Do you want to act in all your shows as much as possible? I think so for right now. Yeah. I mean the, so abnormal, like the character I wrote for that show that I ended up playing in abnormal was at that time it, I was playing like in college, I was playing like male lead, you know, falls in love yeah. with girl, you know, of weight you know conflict they get back together and like yeah i just wanted something so different so i wrote like a very very different character um but actually piedmont point the current show i'm working on like the character is basically myself <laughs> so okay for, for right now i'm thinking yeah i'm probably gonna write for myself for the time being but i would be interested in writing like i've always wanted to write like an all-female play mm -hmm. uh down the line, I mean, that, you know, I have like random notes in a notebook of someday I'll get to that and write something like that, but. Yeah, well, yeah, female actresses, or I guess that's a, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah, they don't, they definitely historically haven't had as many good roles as guys. It like, Great. they've definitely had the short end of the stick on that. And so that makes a lot of sense. And it's also unfair because what the ratio of actresses to actors is like two to one it's like yeah. there's more of them and they have less good stuff material right. like yeah. being offered to them it's like yeah that that's a situation where it makes a lot of sense to uh have more roles for women heck yeah for sure um uh i'm, I'm trying to i had a question I, it's like i have questions but i'm also listening to what you, you're saying so like oh um so yeah, going back to what you're saying about you, the like a key thing is just like getting to that stage where it's basically a production where you say it's like a like a heightened reading or whatever. Or I've also thought of that too because you know I'm I'm kind of asking these things from my perspective where it's like when I think of like okay so once I finish my script like should how many readings should I do or table reads and every time I think about it it's like. Well, it'd be great if I did like a table read instead of a private reading. It's like, well, I really should do like a staged reading or something so that I can have an audience. And I'm like, but if I'm doing that, then I might as well just like invest a little bit more and like have it be like just like a real stripped down performance because that's what I want to see. And like, I feel like that we're we're kind of coming at it from slightly two different angles, but it seems like that's where things point to is like just get a, some sort of show together yeah i totally agree yeah like because that's where the tipping point is for any momentum that sounds yeah, like yeah and i mean if it helps too like i know like i'm trying to think when i was working on piedmont point like this was like early 2021 and i was like you know what? i wanted like this was still like things were kind of touch and go in the city and honestly just like instead of you know renting a space you know like i did with abnormal like doing a reading you know like two or three readings like in a year I was like, well, I have like 50, 60% of the scenes. I was like, I'm just going to hop on Zoom and get a couple actors. And like that, yeah. even, like that say, I almost feel like it saves so much time, like in the long run to get like to that point to do like a more like, you know, in-person reading. Um, yeah. Uh, and with that in mind, it, like, so I want to make sure that I ask you about your, like how you approach actually writing. Cause yeah. that's something that I've kind of uh, had to like, really um figure out for myself because when i first started writing it was like i just kind of did what felt natural and then as i was like oh i want to actually continue this 
then there were moments that didn't come so natural. And I was like, well, how did I figure this? What came natural the first time? Mm -hmm. And it was almost like I had to um, like deconstruct or reverse engineer what worked the first time and like actually teach myself what my method was. Um, And it was just, and so I'm curious about kind of what did you learn about your process? Like now that you've done two plays, Mm -hmm. like do what's your process and where do you fit in uh, table reads and stuff? Because I do think, Obviously, there's a point. Well, maybe it's obvious. There comes a point where you have to hear it out loud mm-hmm. because then there's certain things where it's just like, oh, wait, I, this is not what was in my head. Yeah. And it's just something. It's a weird thing. But I'm curious how much of that. Where does that fit in your process? And w- yeah. where does your process start and all that? Yeah, um, honestly, well, I think process starting wise um, for me, it's always like a, a world like so when I did abnormal, like it was this kind of like weird, dark world with like very abstract character and like kind of like being socialized into like normal society. And like, I think I was just trying to like find something that's so different and it's just like unique in that way. And like, that's kind of where I started with Piedmont Point. I was like, oh, how cool would it be to have like these people in their like late 20s hanging out with, you know, retired people in their 70s, 80s hanging by the pool. And I'm like, I think that's such a cool world and like that kind of like draws that like brings me to like where I want to start writing. Um, and then from there, it's I'm, I'm a very big vignette writer and I'll be the first one to say I hate writing like group like scenes with like five or six people because I just hate like trying to juggle, you know, and I'm like yeah. one of the things that always happens for me is I'm like, oh, well, character four hasn't said anything in like a page. They should yeah. probably send me here. Then I'm like throwing in these random lines and I'm like, this is stupid. Like, no, this isn't organic. And like, so that's where for me, that's like always a struggle, but, but no, so I usually kind of start, like I start from like a, like a vignette of like two like uh, prominent characters. And that's how I kind of build out like in the early, early writing process, kind of start from there. Like my focal points, okay, we're kind of going to set the scene here with these two and then where am I going to go with it? Um, and then, sorry. And also tell me if like, I, I think I'm answering yeah. the question, but no, uh, yeah, it will. And while, while we're, well, while I have a, a moment to jump yeah. in. So it sounds like you're you're kind of taking um, I definitely relate to the the world thing. Mm. Uh, what, when you're talking about uh, vignettes or starting with two prominent characters, does that mean that you don't have a, a firmly established plot? Is it just more of like you have a vibe and you're like, these are kind of the main characters and let's just organically feel it out? Honestly, that's how it happened for Piedmont Point, for sure. Okay. I was like, here are these two characters. I know this world can be cool, and I'll figure it out. Then I just kind of started writing, yeah. And then kind of filling wow. in the, the main, you know, kind of like, okay, what's the climax going to be? How are we going to, you know, how do I want people to feel at the end of this? Like, what's that going to kind of feel like? Um, no, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Um, and how long did it take you to write? What, what was the timeline like for, like, writing abnormal or writing this first or second draft of Piedmont Point. Yeah. Um, let's see. Abnormal was, so when I did it in college, my senior year, it was a one act play. And that, that took me like all of my senior year to write to the point it was at. And then I kind of was like tweaking over like that summer and it was just really weird. Then I was like, I know I want to make this a full length show. And I was in New York. It was like my first summer living in New York. I went to this coffee shop I loved and I literally sat down one day and I had like an outline kind of where I knew like the second act would go. Mm. But I like sat down this one afternoon and I was there for like five or six hours and just kind of like banged it out. And I was like, there was, and it was like, you know, 45, 50 some pages. And I'm like, wait, there's act two kind of, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm definitely like a late night thinker too. You know, I'm laying in bed at night and was like thinking and thinking. So I kind of like, lives in there but uh so that one was kind of a little bit different and of course then even then like act two of that show was like completely torn apart redone you know through yeah. the meetings and stuff um and then Piedmont points went a little a little more stretched out a little bit I got the idea like roughly like a year and a half ago and just kind of slowly started you know like I said just a couple like a scene here and I was like maybe these will be two characters and I started writing like a scene there and then kind of like really put it all together maybe like four or five months ago it was like the first like solid draft and then had like another draft since then but 
so yeah mm. what well, i'm curious what's the the cafe or coffee coffee oh, place actually, it was called tissery and it was this really awesome place on 50 i think it was 55th and 7th avenue um Seven. i don't think i know it i think they, they might have closed now but it was yeah. nowhere um i'm that? always in the i'm always in the search for a good coffee shop because that's like something I do like to do, it, especially if I'm working on writing, I mm. love to go to a place, get a latte or a cappuccino mm -hmm. and like try to bang out a couple pages. Oh. I'm very, I'm very jealous. You were able to do 45 pages in five hours. Like I, was like, I, I would pay so much money to be able to recreate that for myself. Like, <laughs> that's so that's that's so many pages. Like in honestly, that it's never time. happened again ever since. Yeah. So that's my like one my one like shot in the dark. But I was like, I better try that coffee. Like yeah, they you must have like in there. just the perfect amount of like caffeine or what, yeah. whatever stimulants stimulants are in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, well, how did it work then for the um? What, what was the play called that was in um, the, the one you were commissioned for? What was oh, that one uh, called? That was Voices of Arrow Rock. So Voices of Arrow Rock, did, did you do the same thing where you kind of wrote it organically? Or I would assume you would have had to have more of a structure, right? Yeah, so that was actually, so for me, that was probably like one of the, it was a very different writing process and something like yeah. I found more kind of just like loosey-goosey, I guess. Um, so that one, it was it was it was really cool it was collaborative too there were three other playwrights and then it came together in like this like big like bunch of a show um and then we each had like a different like founding person that we were writing on so like they kind of gave us an idea that like we would love to see like uh, i think or my people were the lawlesses nancy and i forget his name bert and nancy were, were the characters names and they're like so it's gonna be like you know th this couple you're gonna write about this couple and it can be you know, one of them or, you know, one of them in like a farmhand or like him in the way and like that's so, so I kind of like that leeway. And then when I was like, all right, I want to do the husband and wife characters and like write like a scene between them. But it was like right before like their big Fourth of July celebration. And from there kind of got like they kind of sent me along some some like newspaper clippings and like some factual stuff about them. And then I kind of got like a little bit of leeway to, you know, bend the truth a little bit, you know, to make like a plot but um so that was it was really different and then it was you know i was working with the dramaturg and you know i would send them my draft and they're like okay this is great but in you know these three lines you can't use these words because they didn't you know wouldn't have said those back then and i'm like oh, oh yeah. awesome because like you know wasn't thinking about that um so that was a cool process too to like work so like i mean like literally it was like line by line they're like okay well this we can use the line but you know switch the phrasing because that's just not how they would have said it then and i'm like Cool. Um, so that was a really cool process to kind of have that take. Mm. Um, but yeah, but it was definitely different than my normal, just kind of like, kind of my like free spirit, yeah. kind of off the top of my head type thing. Um, what was I going to ask you? I need I need to start writing stuff down because I <laughs> I'm li I'm listening to you. Then I get then I'm like, oh wait, what was I going to ask before? Uh, it was um, oh so like. Are you gonna just be so you're gonna be focused on Piedmont Point for a while now? Like, do you have other ideas? Like, because I I always have like a million ideas and I have trouble like focusing on one or two. Is hard. how how is it for you? I mean, it's very hard. I mean, obviously, you know, too. Like, <laughs> can't wait to work on our thing. Um, eventually, I will get on that. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, no worries. even like ideas, like it just like just for that, like I get like. I'll just be thinking about it one day because now I, I watch those guys all the time on uh, on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like on my feed all the time, and I'm like, oh god, yes, that'd be so funny. This, um, no, that's like one of my. That's I think one of the things I struggle we're, with. We're talking in code because we have an unannounced project. That if anyone's listening, they're like, what are you referencing? Uh, it doesn't matter. Like, well, we'll, we'll 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 tell you about it if if we actually do it. But we're <laughs> we are we are trying to uh, collaborate on something as a fun a fun thing so we'll see what happens really fun really fun uh, but yeah but that is but is that is hard though because like it <laughs> to that point like i get it it's like it's hard to take on more projects because mm -hmm. you have to focus on like piedmont points in a crucial stage right mm -hmm. and yeah. so what i guess another way of asking the question is not like how do you manage it because like <laughs> obviously it's just it's hard but like 
do you have like I use um, the notepad on my computer or sometimes I have different notebooks I use. Do you have a way of like organizing thoughts that you're going to come back to later? Yes. Love that. So I do. I have I have like my one notebook. Um, I always try to do like a notebook per show. So like I yeah. have like a, a notebook for abnormal and like when I like, oh, wait, when I get back to that, like this is always like write like random shit down. Like and I have like a list, like a ongoing list. So I have like a, a book for or notebook for each play that I'm like kind of thinking and working on. And I also just have this other notebook, which just has, it literally has sticky notes everywhere. And it's like, oh, like this would be an idea, you know, for like an all female play or like a, I also want to do like a presidential thing. I'm not really into politics or, you know, <laughs> like I should say really into politics, but like I don't know a lot about politics, but like I would love to like do like a presidential play someday. So like I have like random notes on that and like what like, uh, like a climax would be in that or like what would like, mm-hmm. you know, exciting incident type thing. Um, so yeah, that's the way I, that's how I keep it organized. But then I also do have like, so for Pima point, I have like a, uh, like a notepad on my laptop, um, sticky note that has just like a running list of what I want to do when I want to get it done by type thing, just kind of like a organized list in that way, just to kind of keep me on some sort of a track. Um, that, that reminds me, I, um, so I don't know if I have them in reach of me, but I have them all over. I, I, whenever I have a, a new idea that I'm going to seriously put time into, I buy a, a moleskin notebook. I love but that. But a very specific kind. I have to have, you, well, you can see this because we're on Zoom right now, but this is like, you know, I guess this is their standard size. It's, it's not a full uh, eight and a half by 11. This is more like, I don't know, five by seven or something like that. And it has to be flexible so that I can, so that I can easily like bend it around. Like if I'm, if I'm walking around with the one that has the hardback, then it, uh, it really bothers me. And it has to have the, uh, it has to have this, uh, what is it? The, uh, flex, the, um, nylon, what is, what do you call this? The, the it, strap to like, the strap. It- yeah. The oh. elastic, elastic, uh, strap that keeps it together. So I do this, I have about six of these. And, and it's like, I put all my, my things regarding each of my main projects into those. And it's like, and then I also have the, the documents on the computer, but I just thought it was so funny when you're talking about notebooks, it's like, I do that too. I love it. Yeah. But doesn't it just feel good to have one for, it's like, these are all my secrets for this project. They're like, yeah. And there's sometimes too, like, I'm like, I'm a very, very big night owl. So like, I'll be like, up yeah. at night and then like i'll run into like grab my notebook and i'm like wait which one i, I gotta get the green one get the green one yeah. for, for this thing and like then i just like write down like a random you know two sentences about something and i'm like i hope i remember what this means in a couple of weeks you know yeah yeah um and so do you um oh i just thought of two questions that i wanted to ask you today um when you're kind of going through this process um do you think in terms of the production or the trajectory you want. So in other words, when you were doing iterations to abnormal Mm. or when you're doing iterations to Piedmont point, are you thinking about like, okay, how do I craft this for a Broadway audience? How do I craft it for an off Broadway audience? Or do you say, or do you say to hell with that? I'm just going to write what I want to write. What, what do you, how much is that impacting you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think like starting out, it's kind of just like, I'm not thinking about that at all. But then once I'm, I don't, I don't know, like random percent, like, you know, 30% into like writing a script or like I have like, you know, a substantial amount where I'm like, okay, that's when I kind of start to like craft like what I want it or where I think it like I want it to land. And honestly, even for Piedmont Point, it's very different from like my last show. I I kind of see this play, I, well, I really would like it to I want it to be like the almost main, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I want yeah. here. I want every regional theater, every college, you know, I want them to be able to use, you know, it just be able to be done everywhere. And it's just kind of like that play. And I think it'll just like live like amongst, you know, like, you know, like in a small suburb town at their community theater. I think like it'll that's where I kind of really want it to go, which is, you know, a little different from abnormal where I was like very much like, I want this off Broadway. I think it's gonna be like this really cool dark world off Broadway. Um, so like even like I remember even like writing some scenes and I'm like, okay, it's gotta be the way that, you know, kind of in a way like it could be like in the round type thing. 
So like that does come into play for me for sure. Like definitely like I'm mean, again, ran again, 25, 30% way into the process, whatever, but <laughs> yeah. I think it's important too. Cause like, you know, that kind of then takes your show too, like where, you know, makes it this thing. Um, I, I'm, I, I guess we have a lot in common. Cause I, I a hundred percent relate to that. I think, cause like, I don't, maybe it's just like has to do with the way that a person like, maybe there's an element of nostalgia like what plays impacted you and and also the way that plays operate on broadway it's it's not like it's not like musicals where if you make a hit it could run forever it's Mm. like i don't know it's like it's just a different thing and so when i think of when i think of plays too i always i think of like well what could um like when i was in college it's like what's like a thing that kids could, or, you know, young, young adults could put together with, you know, they have no budget, but like, what could really like give them something to grow with and help shape their collegiate experience. Or I think of like the small community, just like you're talking about with the school or like community theaters where it's like, okay, this is going to be someone who, you know, they, work a day job but they love theater and they're getting paid zero dollars but they're using all their free time to come do this thing like how do you make like the coolest thing for them yeah you know like and so i told i'm totally with you on what you're saying because i think that is for at least for and maybe sometimes i think about it with musicals but definitely for plays i think that's a huge part of it um i mean and have you how has it been like now that you've had these different productions, like how does it, how, how has the response been from different people who have been able to like be in your plays yeah. or, or, or produce your plays or direct? Cause now it's not just one team. It's like it, you're starting to live what you're talking about where a whole bunch of different things are going on yeah, and, and you're affecting a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's so cool. Um, honestly, the first thing I thought of was so like the last when we did the reading of Piedmont Point this past summer or this summer, um, there was a woman uh, from Texas and one of the producers uh, or that's, you know, interested in doing Piedmont Point. I'd worked with them my last show. They were like, hey, you know, this woman and like read through the script. I think she'd be like perfect for the part like like can we offer it to her to like come do the reading? And I was like, wow, like, okay. I was like, well, can I like, you know, just like see her like, or it's like, does she have like a reel or any, whatever, whatever. So like, I see her and I was like, oh my God, yeah, like she seems great. And like, so she was actually, she was going to be in New York anyway. So that just kind of all worked out in that sense. But so she was in New York and she uh, had been working as a lawyer, just retired and was like looking to get back in acting and like, you know, kind of do a show or something. And this reading, it just like brought her so much joy. And I was like, this is kind of like why, like, I I also love to do what, you know, I do and like writing and creating this world. Cause yeah, like it does affect like other people and like it gives them, you know, it gave her this whole big, you know, boost. And she was just so happy to like be reading for a part, like doing a show. And I was like, that's what's about. And I was like thinking about that, like, you know, 75 year old woman who could potentially play a part in the show in her small town community theater someday. And like, it'll be like the biggest and best thing. Like, so like, I, I think that's, I don't know, like kind of answering your question, not really, but like, I, you know, that's something I think about. Yeah, but, no, totally. Uh, you know, it's, it's been really interesting, like working, you know, in these shows and like developing these relationships and, you know, just getting, it's, it, I think once I got over it with the abnormal where I'm like, I'm like, holy fuck, you know, like these people are like, investing like in something i wrote and genuinely care and want to put time and effort into this and like it's just really cool to like i guess have that i don't know yeah Yeah. totally well and that that uh raises another question i wanted to ask you because um uh so my friend i was previously talking to on for the podcast um uh I was kind of talking to him from my perspective as writer director and Mm. from, and from his perspective as an actor and how the things that I'm, that I put together right now, they're still like super low budget, you Mm. know, um, 
sometimes I'm paying people, but I mean, it's all it, it in the grand scheme of things, it, it's kind of negligible. It's really just out of respect. Like, let, what can I give you so that it's not zero, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and the caveat with that is that, um, you know, people have to juggle schedules and like, it's like, it, it it's a big ask. Like, even mm-hmm. though people are, you know, excited about it and they, they're passionate about it, um, it's still a big ask. And so like, I'm always trying to think of like, what are all the things I can do that can make it as great as possible for the different people involved so that it, it makes it a less of a big deal that like, we're doing this in a small cabaret space or, yeah. Or, you know, we're, you know, really roughing it, like trying to make something happen. Um, and I was talking to him about how, for me, that starts with writing, where like, okay, how do I make every character, no matter how small, be like, super cool for these actors to do? So even if they're, you know, so they're not like, oh, yeah, my my character was just to just there to open the door for someone else, you know, like, yeah. how, how much do you think about the actors playing your parts versus just the characters that they're playing. Oh, wow. That's a, yeah. Um, I think definitely uh, like a lot, like I, yeah, yeah. Like, I think also like when I'm like writing, I am like, I'm thinking, okay, if I was playing this part, would I be excited about like this? Like what is like, I'm almost like, and that's kind of do sometimes I will like think through it as I'm going, like, I'm like, okay, I'm playing this character. What's my through line you know, am I like, is this like a full development care, you know, like, or is it just, you know, like, opening the door? Like what, or how can like, how can that be flushed out even more? You know what I mean? Like if it is just like a, you know, more supporting character, what can, so yeah, I would say, I definitely do think about that and like try to, you know, build in, you know, you know, other yeah. stuff, I guess. Yeah. 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 Let me, let me switch gears to, um, back to more of the producing side because i know even though you have people that you work with like you said you're getting better at delegating and and that's so it i from what i've talked to you about just in our personal lives over time i know that even though you have producers handling that stuff you're still very much involved and um i'm curious what you know, the thing I'm always curious about is like, what is sort of the framework for like, I guess in the tech world, it's called the MVP, like, you know, the minimum viable product. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always curious, like, what is like, from the producer standpoint, what's the MVP for off-Broadway show? Like, I think when we were talking before, you were giving me some, and we can cut this out if it's TMI, but, I think in the past, like we were talking and I, and based on what you said, it was like, okay, maybe ballpark, like 10 grand to do like those, you know, uh, minimum equity, you know, one week contracts or whatever they are. Like, do you think that's still, that, that number is fair or do you, have you learned from it and thought, oh, well to do it right, you'd actually need another five grand or, or, or. Or maybe it's not even a thing about money. It's like you got to have these people on your creative team or your producing team, or you need to have this kind of venue. What kind of stuff goes into that? Yeah. No, so I definitely. I mean, like ten grand is definitely still viable now. And I, I think though, I would have loved even had a slightly bigger budget of maybe like you know fourteen, fifteen, just to kind of cushion some other areas. But I think one of the biggest things that I mean, I even learned like doing you know, the couple shows I've done is pulling, pulling the favors. And I mean, like in the sense of like, for when we were doing the rehearsal process for abnormal, I was able to, like, I used to work at a restaurant like I was able to bring the cast food, you know what I mean? Like one night mm. and like, like that kind of stuff. I had a friend who worked in uh, graphic design who did our logo and, you know, did it kind of like as a favor to me as like a friend and like, so that's, I think, one of the big key things, especially like you know, starting out like this and doing new works is pulling those favors because that's going to save you so much more that you can put towards other stuff, which is huge. And like there's even like people like now that I'm like, oh, I could have gone to this person for this. It's just like those like random abstract things that you just don't like. I have a friend that works for like a major uh, fashion company who I totally could have like 
gotten some like sample size clothes from and stuff, you know, oh. for the wardrobe that I didn't even like think about, you know, it's like those little things that you're like, I can pull this from there. Um, but I would definitely say like in that, that budget is kind of, that's still viable, like to have, um, and just pulling those favors. Cause that's like really where you can save, honestly. Yeah. Um, and I think even kind of, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but like, and you were talking about too, like, I definitely, even for Piedmont Point right now, am writing from a standpoint of, you know, keeping it a little more on the simple side, you know, like yeah. Abnormal was six characters and that was great. It was only six actors, you know, there yeah. were like three locations. So that makes it, you know, like that, like definitely plays into it too, um, for sure. Did you have understudies for Abnormal off-Broadway? We did, we had two. Um, yeah a guy, a man and a woman that we uh, had for that. But I mean, that's, yeah, that's also a huge thing to factor in is, you know, then, you know, yeah. having and paying an understudy. So, yeah. What about, uh, what about aside from money and aside from actors, was there, was there any, like, what are the essential team members that you're like, oh, from now on, I'm always going to have someone who does this or, next time I have to add this or take away this? Yeah, um, I would definitely, so a stage manager, obviously pretty standard um, for sure. I would highly recommend an, like an assistant to the director. Um, I learned that like really well after like the, like the first production before Off-Broadway of Abnormal, like having kind of like that intermediate person to like, it's almost like a third, third eye, you know, like obviously you have a director and like their eye, but like, or an AD, like having an assistant director for that person to kind of oversee and kind of relay some of like the in-between stuff that might kind of get a little lost. I think that's like really important to have. Um, and also, and this is kind of a silly one too, but like a, having a props person, I didn't have a props person for my first show. And, mm. you know, I found myself, you know, sitting there as an actor writer, you know, at the end of each night, I'm like, oh yeah, we need, okay, we need a laundry basket. We need like two chairs and like I was just doing all that and like that was just crazy because I just couldn't be doing all those things on top of trying to do everything else um the that, stage manager can't do that um you know I could have I was just like <laughs> delegating where I was like okay. but I mean I was going out and I was like buying you know all this like buying those pieces and like yeah. but having like a specific props person for that um and then this one I could say this this person could come on later and doesn't even be throughout the whole process but just having a, a front of house person and, you know, whatever venue you're in, um, not necessarily like a person like selling, you know, standing there with the tickets, but like the person who just kind of has their hand on like the whole box office side that, you know, yeah. is making things running smoothly, you know, and honestly, like having like that, you know, if you're bringing invited guests or industry people, that's like, you know, kind of checking them in and taking care of them. Cause like, I was also doing some of that and it was like, wait, how this is impossible to then go. Yeah. Like, that's just, it's not a, but I think that person is hugely imperative, especially if you're trying to, you know, obviously progress the show, you know, kind of having that like front of house, like face, like to kind of handle the more, you know, outside of the theater things before you come in. Um, I think that's definitely important. And I, I would say also to having someone on social or having, yeah. You know, someone to publicize your show who's, you know, making Instagram stories and like doing all that stuff just to get word out. Cause that's also a lot for a creator to take on too and do just to kind of have that to kind of lighten the load a little. But I'm, I'm also guessing. Uh, so I know you have at least one producer who you've worked with multiple times. And then I know you're, you've spoken privately that you're grateful for the other producers you've worked with. Um, so the, this may be impossible to get an honest answer, but do you think you need producers at the beginning? I know that they probably help with raising money and organizing. Is mm. that, would that be similar to a front of house person who can just watch that stuff like venue stuff and yeah. money stuff or. I think you totally could. I think you totally could just have that person and, you know, then from there kind of run further with it. You know what I mean? Like, just have that person then worry about the rest later. Well, have, have them be the same, front of house and producer be the same or have oh. them as an additional person. What are you saying? Oh, you you could, I think you can have them be the same person as long as they're open to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
as long as they kind of like, if you kind of approach it and they're like, you know, I'm happy to do all that and, and be a producer, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Cause I yeah. mean, I will say there are, and you know, I hope I don't offend anybody here or anybody that might listen, but like, I think there also are those producers who do want to show up and that's totally cool. You know, who are willing yeah. to invest in something and then they just want to show up and, you know, just physically be there in the audience. Totally cool. Um, so I think as long as you have like, you know, the right person who's willing to, you know, do all the, you know, kind of a little more work in that realm, then yeah, I think it totally can be. Okay. So to sum up, we got assistant director, stage manager, props person, which I'll come back to that mm -hmm. front, front, front of house and a producer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then a director, a director. Oh, and, so <laughs> and some social and too. social. So that's Throw seven. Up. So with the props person though, could that just be like a catch-all? Like, would they really just be props, or could they just be a catch-all like, P honestly, like PA? I think they would honestly be a catch-all. Like, I definitely yeah. had a like someone like that in one of the first productions, and it was so helpful. I mean, you yeah. know, just to, you know, it's like the random, random stuff. Like, oh, we need the key for that other rehearsal room. You know, can some, yeah. you know like, that's super important. I think to have. Every project I do, I always wish I had one extra person. Yeah, you're just like, <laughs> one, you know, just like you're going to do random things, but like if it's yeah. the right person, they're going to do it great and it's going to solve all the problems, honestly. Okay, so we're talking seven, seven team members on the production side. We have the cast, we have understudies, about 10 grand. What, what, what was your takeaway in terms of venue? And I know because you did Theater Row. Mm -hmm. and you liked it you liked the location because it because yeah. it gave it like a certain amount of i don't know legitimacy or what, what, whatever you want to call it because mm -hmm. it's on 42nd street Ooh. but uh, i don't know what <clears throat> do, do you think you would just do it the same moving forward do you think have you explored other venues or heard from other people about other venues like yeah. particularly in other parts of manhattan yeah, no, honestly, there's actually a venue and I cannot think of the name right now, um, but it's down in uh, in like the Union Square area, like down down there by Union Square. And I'd even be interested in doing something down there too. I think, honestly, I think just accessibility is like, yeah. obviously like a big thing. So like, you know, 42nd Street or, you know, you know Union Square area, um, but no, definitely open to, to other places. And honestly, Theater Row, I will say they were, incredible to work with like as like you know a theater company they were great and the venues they have there are i think they're just like top notch just because there's like there's like a black box 100 yeah. seat theater 200 you know, like there's just the the array of where you can like like size wise of a show i think is important oh, too. yeah the show is um they're clean yeah. <laughs> what do you say they're clean they're clean they're clean I, you know i mean like sometimes you go into small like cabaret spaces or uh off broadway or off off broadway theaters and they're just like you know like, they're uh, they're pretty rickety i mean it's fine it's like <clears throat> it's like excuse me it's like part of the charm of it all but yeah. like but it is like one of the benefits to theater row because like when you had your show and it was like they're their you know small black box space it was like you know a cement wall but it was like glazed you know it had like yeah, that yeah, it has sure. like a glossy coat over it and it's just like it's like oh this is just you know this is a very nice professional black box like they yeah. are doing the the most with what they have here in yeah. terms of the amount of space 100 percent and i think honestly it's so weird too how much I, like like shopping for a venue like totally is a thing um i mean in the first production i did that was one of the biggest things we found this beautiful white box which was so cool downtown from this white box but you know it was a, a great space loved working there it was great but you know one of the caveats was it there was no elevator and it was like a three-story walk up so like you have to like yeah. factor that in and like that's it's hard it's you know it's it's all part of it um um what about um what about like with Piedmont Point, I guess that would make sense for it to be in a couple places, but how much do you think about the location based when, when you're thinking about where Piedmont Point will be, do you think about like, is this more of a 42nd Street play or a Union Square play or a, 
honestly there are some days when like i think about it and i'm like this could be like in a beer garden in brooklyn and it yeah, would be, you yeah. know what i mean like, so i think there's like like super avant-garde things too but but no i definitely i do see it i'm actually there is a space i'm looking at a theater row uh for mm. it like the I think it's like a hundred seat theater and it has like like the raised like stage, like a proscenium stage. Um, but I, I'm totally open to it to being kind of any like anywhere, honestly. I mean, new new world stages too is really pretty. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe. Also randomly, when I was describing <laughs> the black box, did I say that the cement is glazed? Cause I think I meant like glossy or <laughs> I don't know what I said. It just like suddenly <laughs> the words I spoke from five or 10 minutes ago came back right. and like I'm like did I say glazed like a donut anyway but it's nice that's what I meant to say. <laughs> sheen, yeah, sheen yeah that yeah it's clean um man that'll well I'm I'm inspired now oh man I'm inspired you. <laughs> you know I, I honestly it's like it's great because um I feel like I always think there should be more writers in theater like mm-hmm. one of my one of my opinions is that it should be like um, the music industry, where if you're a singer, it's assumed that you're going to try and write your own music. Yeah. Yeah. But in theater, if you're an actor, you who writes their own stuff? Like mm-hmm. 0.1%. I mean, <laughs> if that. And, and then so um, I'm glad I know you so that I, I can talk to another person who's actively writing. And I'm also glad that you're ahead of me in the process so that I can pick your brain like this. It's yeah, uh, very helpful. Um, and well, I, think, are, I don't know if you're, I'm ahead, but you know, I don't know, but <laughs> I love uh, talking to you and, and just exchanging all the shit. Cause it's, it's just good. It's good to well, have the outlet, you know? Well, and I think it's like, I mean, there's, you know, that belief that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with or that whole, th- I mean, mm-hmm. we're heavily impacted by the, the people we're surrounded by. And, um, yeah, that's definitely one of those reasons why I, I I try to you know keep picking your brain and reach out and because you're you're doing well and um, it's it's inspiring. So thank you for um, just letting me uh, ask all these random questions and I don't even know how long we've been recording, but it's it just kept going and going and going. It's been almost an hour. So. Oh I don't know how long your episodes are, but there, there's some content there. <laughs> yeah, the well, the episodes will just be whatever they are. <laughs> um, but great. So, what, what's, is there anything on the calendar for sure for when? Like, I assume the next thing that will happen will be Piedmont Point. Yes. Yeah. So nothing like super finalized yet. I'm thinking early, early spring, 2023. I want to do. I would like to try to get a production together. Um, and doing a doing a show, so it'll probably be like you know a reading or two prior to that. But um, hopefully in the spring, twenty twenty three, getting uh, getting something up and on its feet. Well, to everyone listening, go go see it, <laughs> go see it. Um, all right. Be- what what's that? That hopefully it's gonna be huge. Oh, it's gonna be crazy! It's gonna pack the beer garden in Brooklyn. Yeah. And you could just go on a little regional tour from beer garden to beer yeah. garden. Your garden hop all around the states. Yeah, That'd be great. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. Thanks for doing this. Oh, John, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Seriously. Yeah. This is awesome. All right. See ya.